On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Guy, everybody hates. No, man, no. This is Tall Can Audio. Follow along on Twitter at Tall Can Audio or at Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Just do it! What's happening, everybody? Welcome into an all new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. My name's Matt. Rob's out in Canada. What are you saying today, man? I'm seeing you're bringing a little bit of that broadcast journalism thing going today you know i'm faking it i'm a little hungover so i'm pushing hard <laughs> fighting through <laughs> what, my, what my mom would call self-inflicted wounds yeah um you got yeah that nasally end thing that's not it man new, not just news it's news yeah well you part know? of that uh, that that comes out in me the nasally thing with the hangover it's just just kind of just pushing up against a cold and so, yeah, you got to bring it a little more with the uh, the baritone to to kind of compensate a little bit. I have found uh, this may not be my first hangover. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I, I think you're a fan. doing these shows on Sundays sometimes, man. It's <laughs> it's, it's it's what they call the um, let's see how old the thirty eight year war thirty seven. Right? You prick. Oh right, sorry, <laughs> sorry. This is thirty eight in this year. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Uh, I've been busy over here, Matt. It's been. My weekend has been chock-a-block full of, and I use that intentionally because I've been going at it tooth and nail with a clogged toilet. Oh, no. Speaking of self-inflicted wounds. (laughs) Yeah, well, and you know what? You know, I am from way back. This will fall under the TMI category, but I'm a solid courtesy flush guy. If If I feel like there's ever an issue, bam. And so, so, uh, but this is, uh, it's, it's almost like, and there's no kids in the house, like kids who would drop something yeah, in, yeah. but whatever is in there is not tissue or biodegradable. <laughs> if, you, if you get what I'm saying, because yeah, okay. I have, I have pulled out all of it. You know, you start with the generic plunging. Yeah. Um, you start with the little bit of a uh, dish soap little bit of hot water hit it with the bucket you know just trying to get the whole thing going not like it's 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 flushing a certain but, unnamed brother who keeps a pot next to his yeah, toilet yeah that's just that's just a big pint glass full of water where you need to but anyways this is not this is not going away it will flush yeah. but there's, there's no way if you put anything in there other than urine that it's all going down. And so, you know, and anybody who's listened to the show long enough, I am not super handy. Like it's just, 
it's not my deal. Sure. So, so I went out and, and the local hardware store has curbside pickup. Really nice, man. They, you can pay online. Yep. They, they, you select the product off the website. You give them the SKU number. They, you pay for it. They come out, pop the trunk. They throw it in the back. Contactless. But I've bought myself a toilet auger. Yeah, I was just going to say, the next step, man, it's the snake. You got to get right in there. <laughs> God damn it. So I, I, the, I've spent, you know, better part of this weekend working that bad boy. And, 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 and I have incremental improvement, enough to, enough to keep Rob thinking, I got this, right? Yeah. I don't got this. And so really what's happening is um, it's right now – I, I'm about three feet in the toilet there now. Uh, the toilet's coming off, man. Yeah. I've never taken a toilet off yet. But guess what? Rob's learning. Lifelong learner. That is how things go over here. So chalk a block. Have you hit YouTube yet? There's, there's uh, a YouTube how-to video for everything, man. Yeah. So, so I, I, I hit three of them yesterday with the proper way to use a toilet auger yeah. or uh, a closet <laughs> snake or whatever they're calling these things. Yeah. So... Yeah, I've absolutely been I've been working the YouTubes and uh, yeah, or Rob, like I said, Rob, Rob's learning. Can we tell the story and and we'll cut her if you say no, but you don't say no. Uh, was it China that had the uh, the window? Oh yes, yeah. You you're talking, <laughs> and, and you know when when you're on a team and it's it's it's, it's all guys. Um, so we were over for the Beijing games, but uh, we were there a year early for the for the good luck games in, in oh, 07. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Good luck of Beijing. <laughs> um, so we're there for a variety of reasons, right? We get to check out the venue that the games will be in the following year. You check out the respiratory, you know, what the atmosphere, what mm -hmm. the environment is going to do in terms of your breathing. Check out some of the competition. Yeah, well, and that's really, that's third down the line, right? You yep. want to check the floor out and see what the time change is like, you know, and again, the breathing because the, the pollution is so bad over yeah, there. Yeah. So every morning we would have to go up to uh, a high performance coach, right? And he was taking um, lung capacity tests. Okay. So for all you good listeners, yeah, you go up and you suck in as much air as you can and you expel as much air as you can. And so they're taking baselines at the beginning and seeing where you are after 10 days of sucking in high grade <laughs> Beijing in the bowl kind of uh, pollution. Right. So anyways, that's a long way around to get to Matt's story, which is <laughs> we're, we're up there. And for those of you, anybody who, who doesn't enjoy potty humor you should You're probably skip ahead two or three minutes here but right now but so i decide while we're in there and it's all being done in a hotel room the, the hp coaches um hotel room yeah. and so we're all in there sucking and blowing and, and i'm done we're all just sort of waiting around i decide this is a great time to go in and use the use the, the toilet coach's head yeah yeah and so i'm sitting there taking care of business Flipping the door, open and close, open and close, so we can get the best kind of pumping out of any kind of, uh, you know. Helping ventilate. And I'm snickering away like I, I, it's the world's best gag ever. <laughs> fairly juvenile for a 30-year-old. I, I, I firmly understand. But I, you know what? I asked my dad, when does, when, does, when does farting stop being funny? 
And he said, I'll let you know when I find him. <laughs> so anyways, I'm doing this. And then I can hear all this, all this laughter from out there, which they're really feeling my jam. Like they, they're doing it, right? Yeah, they and, think this is great. And, and even the HP coach, who's like, who's who's quite could be quite stern at times and doesn't really go in for the the juvenile behavior. Is this hot Carl still? No, this no. is uh, this is Shane. Okay. And so we at this point, I I go okay. Your little spidey senses are tingling. What's happening here? They don't seem to be laughing with me anymore. Yeah, exactly. I, all of a sudden. And so I turned, take a look to my left where the shower is. Oh, there's a curtain there and it's now raising. Everybody's watching me in the other room. They've got some honeymoon suite where you can now raise the curtain to watch somebody shower or whatever. But in this case, it's watch somebody take a smash. So, yeah. Hilarious, man. You know what? When you swing for the fences, yep. sometimes you foul one <laughs> off your own ankle, right? You know what? You, you Good humor, sometimes it comes with casualties. That's really it's all the, I got. It's, it's one of those very sitcom, slow reveal. The head slowly turns to the left. Oh, they can see me through the wall. Through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing worse than you, you're sitting there with you know pants around your ankles. Look, oh, all right. and- yeah, all right. Look away. <sighs> What did you crack there a second ago, man, as we uh, as we move through this and, and allow people to ease into their Monday morning? Yes. <laughs> I am drinking um, and it's it's I should I should preface this whole thing with. Um, so Michaela and I are both taking down the same small batch dispatch, right? She's just a couple of weeks ahead of me. So I always know what what's coming, what's coming by by what she's had. Um, I had over the weekend and, and she referenced it a couple of shows ago. I'm not sure she ever had it on the show. She talked about the coconut black IPA from Anderson brewing out of, hmm. out of London. I don't remember you, that. Maybe that was on Twitter or something. I, no, no, I know she was on the show and she okay. was saying, Oh man, you would like this. And, and I, I don't think she ever. Oh, yeah. 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 Cause I loved the coconut cream pie from the calendar. Right. Yeah. So this is in last month. This would have been in January shipment. So in this small batch dispatch, they they send you usually three different breweries send you four beers, usually two cans of of two different types. Okay. So yeah, Anderson sent this um, coconut black IPA, which I took down last night and not a lick of coconut to it. Like, really, eh? okay. And you know that me. Well, for sure. And not in aroma, not in taste. I was just like, bah, this is, this is disappointing. Right. Now, in terms of just a black IPA, pretty nice. Okay. It had a, it had a little sweetness to it. Um, but yeah, no coconut, which if you're going to be a coconut IPA. Yeah. Bring it. You got, you got to give me something, at least in the aroma or uh, now what, the, what else came from Anderson was a gingerbread brown ale. Oh, that's interesting. Which. It it tasted. If you're listening, Andy. It seems like a Christmas kind of beer. Well, see, and, and Andy's Andy's uh, the ginger of Sussex. Yeah, that Nita does, which actually has a hint of real ginger flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, this tastes. It's got a real Christmas season flavor to it. It has that kind of yeah, really gingerbread man flavor to it. So it was pretty nice. Okay. I was I was I was quite happy, and it, and it's funny because. Uh, I gave them a decent rating on the untapped app mm-hmm. 
and I got a toast back from them. <laughs> nice. Um, I didn't give them as glowing a review on the coconut black IPA, and I no have toast. not heard. I have <laughs> not heard from them. <laughs> now I didn't flame them. No, no. But I did say not a pinch, not a hint of coconut to it. Right. So, anyways, that to be said, I am drinking today something not from the small batch dispatch, but I'm drinking uh, Juice Box Hazy IPA from Sons of Kent out Sons of Chad. Sons of Kent, okay. Not familiar. And so this to me is, it's 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 a beefy 6.7, <laughs> and I've got a couple of them, so um, we're going to get right into it. Nice. But first pull, very nice, and it is juicy. I, I, I'm drinking this out of the can, so I can't really tell you if it's hazy, but I'm going to take them at their word that it's hazy, but it is juicy right. and it, it's got a nice flavor. What do you got going on over there, Matt? I'm back into uh, the Ridge Rock, which has been hanging around. Like I said, that last order, I went hard. I grabbed like everything that I either hadn't tried before or knew I enjoyed. Um, as we sit here now, I should point out slightly after three o'clock on Super Bowl Sunday. So what that means uh, is kind of twofold here. I'm trying to ease my way into my Sunday but also, and, and we'll address the Super Bowl briefly, but the reason we're not talking about results like everybody else on your Monday morning commute, although I know not uh, far fewer people commuting on the Monday after the Super Bowl than usual, uh, so who knows when you're catching this one. Um, that's why we're not kicking around the results and, and what happened in the Super Bowl. But this is the, uh, this is the blonde from Ridge Rock. Um, upon first pull, almost exactly what you would expect out of a blonde. It's a 4.5%. Um, a little bit of, I don't know. It, it, it tastes like a light beer, right? So um, maybe that kind of goes up against what I've been having over the course of the weekend. Tried a couple of different uh, stouts, um, reasonable amount of the Bacardi. Uh, so this is just kind of firing things up for the day and it's doing a nice job on that. If you're looking for you know, a blonde, this is exactly what you would sort of predict out of that. So not a whole lot to it, but nothing wrong with it either. I find myself really like, you know, back in the day when everything was a five. Right. Or there was a light beer at 4%. Yeah. And that was sort of, that was everything. And I sort of, I was like, Psh, light beer, forget <laughs> it. Um, Yeah, I find myself not in... I'm not drawn towards the lower. I, I don't need a session. Right. I, I think I think I'm done with all that. Uh, the things I do in the name of the show, right? I got to try a little bit of everything, right? What do yeah. I like? What do I not like? But we I am it. a, yeah, I am a big porter guy. Again, going back, I had another one of those metropolitan porters from uh, from market at a at a new market, and and man, it was tasty, nice right. and dark. But yeah, I still uh, that's always been my first love. Right when I, I I really sort of gravitated towards beer is is the darker ones. Yeah. Right. I, I will move to to an IPA mm -hmm. every once in a while, but at this time of year, we're still smack in the middle of of winter and it's stout season, baby. It is stout porter bitter brown yeah. ale season for sure. I I got lots of time for for IPAs, which I'm like today. Yeah. I got all kinds of time for it, but yeah, I, I lower alcohol. It's got to be a stout if it's going to be lower alcohol. Other than that, psh, give me the give me the six six point five IPAs. I'm good. 
Uh, if we can do a little business briefly, we're on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio, Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio. Uh, I know on your favorite radio stations, you hear those annoying commercials that say, you're listening to an iHeart radio station. We're one of them. We're an iHeart radio station. We just don't beat you over the head with it. Spotify, Google Pods, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to listen, there's no paywalls. There's no ads. Just hit it. Just jump in wherever you like to listen. Subscribe to Tall Can Audio. Wherever you're listening now, there's a subscribe button. If you haven't hit it, you should hit it and hit it hard. Uh, last and tell, and tell friends. Yeah, please tell if you have any. Tell them, man, for sure. Uh, last week, if you haven't had a chance, and um, I know this isn't everybody's bag, but uh, if you've been hanging around this show long enough, you know I'm kind of a nerd for the broadcasting side of things. We had John Rodenberg from TSN 1200 on the show. Um, and some really interesting stuff with him just about kind of what it was like when the pandemic set in and, and how you were going to be able to run a sports talk radio station with no sports and, and how to do that smartly, how to do it safely. At one point he kind of said, I, I kind of asked him, was there a station wide strategy or was it kind of show by show? And he flat out said, every man for himself, if you come up with something to talk about, it's yours. So um, it was an interesting conversation. If you haven't had a chance to check that one out, I believe that's episode 785. All of them are at tallcanaudio.com or wherever you're listening right now. And later this week on the uh, Wednesday morning slot, head coach of the Ottawa Red Blacks, Paul Lapalise, will be on the show. Uh, this has been in the works for a while, um, dating back to even the fall and just trying to find a, a, a time that made sense um, for us, for him. Uh, I would suggest... <laughs> That uh, maybe in hindsight, it's our buddy Chris Hoffley from Oseg who set this up for us. This may work better for us than it did for for Lapo, smack in the middle of free agency week. Um, but he's a good soldier. He's agreed to come on. Uh, so head coach of the uh, Auto Red Blacks, Paul Lapolis, will be on on Wednesday. And and an engaging conversationalist too, right? He's oh, yeah. a guy who's who's been around right all the way from I believe he started in Maine or New Hampshire yep. and in university and, and working his way through. And so an interesting cat seen a pile of things and um, yeah, I'll be interested to listen to that and see where, where his expectations are at with his reuniting with Matt Nichols. Mm-hmm. And, and so the timing is right, Matt, good get. And uh, that, that should be a great listen. Um, as I said, we sit here before the Super Bowl. by the time people hear it, the Super Bowl will be over. So we're not going to spend much time here. For their uh, amusement's sake, you want to throw down any predictions or? Yeah, I'm I'm big on the KC bandwagon. Yeah, um, it seems like the late money is all shifting the Bucks way. It does, right? And it makes so, me wonder, man. Yeah, well, this is it, right? And and the the lure of the Brady myth, yep. right? Yeah, and people saying you can't you can't bet against the goat, and and, and what I do know is is that. You can tell me that the Kansas City O-line isn't the greatest and and the Bucs defense is awesome and Brady magic. But I'm looking at Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Kelsey, and I'm saying the Bucs are going to have to score more than 30 points. Yeah. Like, the, like the Chiefs, I don't care who you are defensively, the Chiefs are going to put 30 on you. And at that point, I just, I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs in a close one. Yeah, um, as I said uh, uh, on the Friday show, I, I haven't really paid much attention to the NFL until the playoffs, so I'm not coming at this from a place of education, but I always come at it from a place of, here's my opinion, opinion anyway. 
Um, I'm with you. I, I think Mahomes and this is one of those ones that are is fun for network TV. It's an easy story to tell, right? The old wily vet, that guy that's been around forever versus the new gunslinger, the the new kid on the block, right? Who's been doing it for a little bit. That's an easy story to tell. It's an easy one for people to get behind. Um, but I'm with you. I, I think the the weapons that Kansas City has and, and the team that they've built is is probably going to be able to outshine. Uh, I didn't think Brady and the Bucks would get this far. I knew they would be much improved, uh, obviously, but I didn't see them getting this far. And I I just I don't think they're getting by uh, Kansas City. But yeah, back in the middle of the season, I don't know, back around week. 11 or 12 these two teams played and 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 the the bucks were scuffling at that time mm-hmm. and it was a close game but romo said at the end of the game he's like you could see these two teams in the super bowl and i was like you're a you're a dumbass <laughs> people may think you you know you're a great color analyst and whatnot but you don't know shit and, and so, there he is again yeah here it is and he's caught on that's why that guy's making millions and I'm uh, drinking local brews with you here on a podcast. <laughs> and I, you know what? I, I, I tell myself I'm content with that. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it, man. Um, so there you go. We both have the Chiefs in a squeaker. You'll either be nodding your head in agreement tomorrow morning or uh, or laughing at us. And, you know, That's that, okay. that happens either way. So As long as you tune back in again next week, we're good with it. All right. Uh, why don't we start in, in the world of baseball because you and I kind of disagreed, I don't know, November-ish maybe. We were talking about the idea of Bauer or Springer for the Blue Jays uh, or Lindor. I think we also had in the mix, you know, for one year. What do you want to do there? Um, I, I do believe, based on everything I've read, that the Blue Jays, even after signing George Springer, stayed in contact with Trevor Bauer. They, they didn't write themselves totally out of it, but became far less likely. Uh, he signs a deal with the Dodgers, I believe it's three years, with two outs if he wants them, um, yep. at 40 and $45 million in the first two years. Uh, that is unheard of money for anybody in baseball, but... I, I'm blown away that that's the guy, that's the pitcher who who hits those marks. Um, the Dodgers have money to spend. Um, obviously, Burn. World Series champs, yeah, uh, ready to take another run at it, and it's clearly a place Trevor Bauer wanted to be. But that guy at 40 mil, I'm pretty pumped the Jays walked away. Not to say I wouldn't have wanted him. I just wouldn't have wanted him at that number. What was your take when you first saw that come across the ticker? Yeah, I, I think it goes 40, 45, and 20. Yeah, I think it's that's 100, 105 million. And and if he has any kinds of first two seasons, yeah, he'll be he's walking off, out. On he's that. off and out. Yeah. And so it's it's crazy. A, the money, but but B, the fact that, yeah, I'm going to walk after one year. If Like if he has a Cy Young type season again this year mm-hmm. and then opts out of it and then looks to see if he can parlay that into a guaranteed a hundred million on a three year contract. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you, instead you go, I got 65 in hand, but I could probably get a four year deal somewhere else at 35 million a season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like looking at saying, yeah, there's a, there's 140. Like to me, this is, uh, the Dodgers probably have him for a year. And if he sucks, 
Yeah, then you ride this bad boy out. Like <laughs> to me, in terms of, and, and we talked about it last week. You you being, you know, having the um, the back of the working man. <laughs> Matt, Matt's got to love this because sure. I don't know if you've ever seen a deal that's more in favor of. The no man. man, if you can get it, get it right. Like get it with both hands. Yeah. Do that's you true? Th- go ahead. It, it's true though, and and at that money, um. Yeah, there was no way they were fitting that money in Whispringer. No, and uh, I am left looking at their at their at their the Jays starting rotation. Mm-hmm. I, I think with the with the addition of Marcus Semyon, yep, right, that they're going to have a killer lineup. Uh, I like the way their bullpen is looking is looking, especially mm-hmm. the back end of it. Yep, uh, there's a lot of promise there, but man, I'm I'm just they need some they need some of those young guys to step up to flush out that. If you, if know, you could get, um, and he's made it clear he wants to come back, if you could bring Taiwan Walker back or someone kind of of that ilk and then count on Nate Pearson getting a little better, are you more comfortable? Uh, Steven Matz, to me, is a six through four. You know, he, he was getting hit hard in the NL East. The L East is going to be rough for that guy. Um, yeah. I'm Pitching not looking. a bunch of band boxes. <laughs> right. Uh, but if it, to me, Taiwan Walker is a guy who who had some rough numbers before they picked him up. He was playing well, but historically his numbers weren't great. And he's one of those guys who said Pete Walker made a difference for him. Are you comfortable? Let's say it's it's a guy like that or that guy specifically. Plus, were you plus um, Pearson, N- Nate Pearson, and this lineup? Are you comfortable riding that? at least into the season and then see at the deadline are things going as well as you thought they would. Um, and maybe then look around for somebody else or this didn't click the way we thought. And, and you don't invent like, what about, what about the big maple? Is he still out there? Paxton? Yeah. Yeah. I'd do that at one year. I would do that. He's got some injury concerns that, yep. but I, I, I would give him a one year deal at maybe a little bit more than market value because he is capable of being a, you know, an impact guy. But to me, those are the two that I have my eye on are James Paxton and Taiwan Walker. And if you could do something like that and slot them into that kind of number two spot, Pearson at number three, um, and then whether it's, uh, you know, whoever slots in after that, you still have yeah. some other, you know, are you comfortable with that, with I, this lineup? I would be. Yeah. I, I would be comfortable with that, right? Especially if you're looking at, 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 at five, maybe six innings and, and you looked at the way yeah. they played the shortened season last yeah. year, um, you know, get it to the bullpen. They, they didn't have, they had, I don't know how far they had to go before. Like, I think it was into September before they had a pitcher make it into the sixth inning. Yes. Right. That's so right. Yeah. It, they're, they're hell bent on, uh, on, on following the Tampa way. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I'd be, I'd be really interested in seeing what, what this looks like. If you could add in, another you know middle of the rotation yes guy i i would absolutely be willing to look at that i, I would lean more towards paxton than 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 walker but sure, yeah. at this point with the big fat bauer cash <laughs> why don't you see if you can get them both there you go yeah no I, i'm with you there I, I i just think with the lineup the way it is and and the thing is and i don't know how bad we want to get into it right now the union and the the league are going at it again on what this is going to look like. Um, as it stands right now, we're going to start April 1st. We're back to a normal set of playoffs instead of the expanded playoffs. So 
I still think the Blue Jays are good enough to contend for that in the AL East, but you were a shoe in um, with the expanded playoffs. So I, I might be con- uh, you know comfortable to grab either one of those guys, or like you said, maybe go grab both of them and to see where you are at the end of July and and decide then because there are some pitchers that are going to come available um, and maybe you make your move at at that point right and and try and grab somebody for the rest of the kind of like the the David Price thing back in 2015 right um, and and go that route but I would be fine grabbing kind of a two three guy and starting the season and and just see if it's all as good as you think it's going to be because what I can tell you if they're going to play in Dunedin, which it looks like they are for at least the first couple of months, you better be prepared for some nine, seven games, whether you're winning them or losing them. Yeah. Balls are flying out of that place in, in the summer. Um, the dry air, the what, like you're going to crush, um, you know, and, and maybe that makes it hard to lure a pitcher for one year, right? Like, uh, Scott Boris, there, the, the, the dickhead the agent. agent. He said a few times um, when talking about his free agents and, and the Toronto situation right now uh, and George Springer and all these guys, he kind of gets the only players who care about this situation are guys who might be signing just a one-year deal. Anybody else knows what an organization Toronto is, what the city's like, and you'd be fine with it. Well, that's sort of where you're fishing now, right, is, is these one-year deals and, and maybe a pitcher doesn't want to come and, and hang his next contract on half a year or more in Dunedin because you're going to get hit hard there. Everybody is. Yeah, but you know what? If you look at, at the... Kind of like the at Rockies. The, at, the water, at the watering down of, of the AL East, right, in yep. terms of where the, where the Red Sox are, where the... Oh man, Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> Baltimore has a payroll less than what... Uh, Bauer's going to make this year yeah. coming up. <laughs> so if you look at that and 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 the Rays are going to be good, obviously, yeah, but mm-hmm. they're more of a they're more of a slash yeah. and burn kind of. So uh, you take your chances, man. Sure. Really, in terms of uh, everybody's got to deal with it, and it's your park. Yeah. So no, it's true. Um, uh, I think at that point you're like, yeah, let's roll with it. So I'm interested. Well, you, and and if you're dealing with that big fat Rogers cash, which is really boring, they talk about. You know, finally Boris is warmed to, to the to the Jays again. You know, with, yeah, it's with one the, of the only teams spending. This is exactly <laughs> right. You know, you know, at the end of the day, if you're going to open your wallet, but in terms of and and we didn't talk about or discuss this, but I want to make a move from from this to we talk about big fat cash. Um, the oh, layoffs. Hold on. I'm not going to let you do it that way. You can move us there, but we get tons of tweets and messages of you making people crazy. When you call it, come on, fat Mitch Marner cash. Oh, it's your people for some reason hate that. He's the third highest paid guy on the team. But anytime hockey money comes up, I get this flurry of fuck off with your fat Mitch Marner cash. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, we weren't we weren't talking hockey. No, we talking I know, baseball. but uh, your your fat cash, I guess, is is what brought it to mind for me. The uh, the Rogers cash, which is also yeah. now partly Mitch Marner's money. But <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, and, uh, take us where you were going to take us, but I had to drop and, that in because because it and, seems and, to grate on people. <laughs> and, and good listener, it's not going away. No, I would look for it somewhere else, but I you know <laughs> I don't try and force it in. It no, just no. comes up. It just comes up. Naturally. I'm the one who forced it in here, I, I, and it it's become something of a of a thing. 
Yeah, right. A there's catch, all kinds, There's all kinds of things going on here. Before right? monkey, say the line. Yeah, and, I, and honestly, that was so far from my mind at the no, time. I know, I'm like, sure. Yeah. What are you? What are you talking about? Um, because I'm I'm likely to blurt out just about anything. Yeah. So there's there's no guarantees that it's actually what you're going to want to hear. <laughs> um, but yeah, talking about big fat cash, it, it was interesting to see. Uh, especially with JR on last week, right? A couple mm. of days later, TSN with their mm. with their layoffs, right? In terms of cutbacks. Yep. And, and and I saw it with um, the soccer guy, KJ. Yeah, uh, and, Jack. Yeah. And so um, Christian Jack. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, man, that guy is – he, he sent out a – the Canadian a, soccer guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. And, 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 and he's – He's knowledgeable. Like to me, he taught I'm not a big soccer guy, but right. anytime you tuned it in, he spoke, he didn't he didn't speak to you like you were a, a soccer idiot, right? And so um, and the accent always helps, man. You of gotta, course, you, it's credibility gotta, right there. Man, you gotta get your soccer from a guy with an accent. If you and I showed up in London tomorrow, we'd be running hockey England by Friday. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly right, because you're like, look at those guys. Yeah, exactly breakouts and you know all, all this stuff yeah. anyway it's and it's and it's funny because then on on yesterday i'm watching the the senators game and they ran a little clip for brent wallace saw that man that's a that's on the a network wall. that fired him yeah uh, and, and you're like this is from a this is from a network that for back-to-back nights thursday and saturday afternoon they have two regional broadcast crews covering the same game. I'm so glad you brought this up. Are you fucking crazy? Are you, are you out of your mind? Yeah. Right? If, if, if money, if you're trying to save a couple of dimes, why do you have two full on-air crews yeah. in the same city? Montreal, doing the same TSN game? has the regional rights for Montreal and the regional rights for Ottawa. And instead of just throwing one crew on the air and running through it they they've got an ottawa crew which was the better one uh and they've got a montreal crew and that is no way to do i see this with the leafs all the time because they're owned by the two networks so they split the the regional rights and so we'll roll into edmonton or that's yeah and edmonton's got their Sportsnet group calling the game and toronto's got their Sportsnet crew running the game and you're like in the middle of a bloody pandemic, forget the money, which is obviously the point here. I get it. But you got a crew flying across the country, which the Leafs are still doing a lot of the time. What are you thinking? Like, you can't claim poor when you've the same network has got multiple broadcast crews doing this. It, it makes no sense, man. Yeah. And, and, and I don't get it. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm cruising around Twitter the other day and I, and I see, you know, sends Twitter up in arms about some shots Mike Johnson may have may have had for them when they when they took a timeout with 30 seconds left yeah. on a and you're up five three and he's and people are upset that his comments were uncalled for and unprofessional. And I'm like, hey man, you're watching a Habs regional broadcast. Yeah. Yep. If you don't like it, flip over and watch the Sense <laughs> regional broadcast. He's playing to his audience, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I like I like Johnson. I do too. He, I think he's he's, he's good. Wickedly and, and, underrated. And I said, you know, you're coming across 
as a bit overly sensitive here. And, and a color guy is there for opinion and to provide weight. What is it? Color. Yeah. Like if you don't like it, go to your home feed. So anyways, that's, that's all I got to say about that. But I've, I found the whole thing to be vexing. Well, let's kind of circle back to the beginning of your point for a second. Cause Brent Wallace is a guy that even oh, yeah. as a, you know, <laughs> why? he has been, even as a guy who grew up in the GTA, I've known that guy as the sends, you know, reporter for years and years. And you'd see it all the time. Farhan Lalji was the, the Canucks reporter and Jermaine Franklin was the, uh, the flames yes. reporter. Like you, yeah, you kind of associate these people over the years. And Brent Wallace was about as good as they came in this country. Um, and to see him go was, was shocking. Uh, Dan O'Toole was another one, you know, breaking up that Jay and Dan pair that they had invested so much in with their promotions and all these kinds yeah. of like, they'd hung the hat of the network on them for a while. Um, especially upon their return. And I wonder, you know, where that stemmed from. Jay on right is staying on, um, you know, without speculating too much, Dan had his struggles last summer pretty publicly uh, yeah. on social media with some mental health things. You'd like to believe those things aren't tied together, but you fired one and kept the other. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but it sucked. Um, a week after a week after Bell, let's talk. Yeah, the optics of that are pretty poor. So I don't know what happened there, but there was a by all accounts. Um, and even like, this is a name that, that a lot of our Ottawa listeners won't know, but I grew up in the GTA and there's a guy, uh, Claude Fig, who had been on, uh, CFTO channel nine doing news and, and leaf games there running sports. And then he was on to the, um, CFRB 1010 newsroom and which is a big deal down in Toronto and, and he gets let go. Like that's a 30 year guy that suddenly is just, these were not minor cuts and, um, not exactly sure how they justified this after getting a big slice of government cheese last summer to stay afloat. Yeah. Uh, it's a bad look, man, but a lot of good, uh, I know the Montreal, one of the radio stations in Montreal, well known for their news coverage were, was largely cleared out as well. So ugly man, ugly week. For sure. And it, and it just sort of, it crept up on you Yeah, and bam, there it was. And you got a lot of, a lot of people. Natasha yeah, Stanishevsky, I believe, is another one. Let go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, and you're and you're a lot of people looking around now going, man. And and when we had, and it's funny because we had, and, and you know what, I won't even name I won't even name him, but we had him on air with us and uh having a couple of beers afterwards. And he's like, Yeah, well, in, in this business, yep. he's like, you never know, yep. right? When when you're when your number's up. And so he's like, I'm uh I'm interested in what you guys got going on here because it may be the future. <laughs> and so it's, it's really one of those things where it's an ever, and you and I both went to school for radio, yep. right? And, and at that time it was just for me in the, in the sort of early to mid nineties, it was already starting to shift. Yep. And to me, it's just continued to shrink Absolutely. ever, ever, ever since. Right. And And when you have the rise of, like everybody and their sister has a podcast now and just what happens with it and, and the evolution of that. And so, yeah, it's, it's sad to see some good people. Uh, yeah. Hanging their shingles out looking for work. True story, man. Um, why don't we move over to the, uh, the hockey side of things? 
Um, let me ask you, because we got a few things we want to touch on here, and, and you had sent uh, one article over that, you know, is worth touching on. But it, it kind of pointed out to me or, or reminded me, and I wanted to ask you, how out of touch do you feel with anything happening in the league south of the border? Like, are you watching any American games right now? Uh, they keep wanting to force feed me Bruins games. Yeah, and uh, always the Nesson feed. Fuck off with yeah. that. Always. I hate, <laughs> I hate that guy. Yeah. Right? The play-by-play uh, Jack Edwards. Yeah. Uh, that he's the worst broadcaster. They hit you. You're so right. They hit you with the Bruins all the time. And you're like, fine, but could we get the other guys commentary just once? It's always Nesson. I don't know what yeah. they're thinking there. Yeah. Well, they're obviously firmly in sa- in the sack with uh, with them, right? Um, but that's it in terms of of how much I've watched. I I, I could put it in in you know less than ten minutes combined yeah. of of all the games south of the border and and it's funny because uh i was listening to or reading pierre lebrun the other day and he was saying he's like yeah i know that there's 24 other teams apparently playing somewhere else he said but we are so invested and this is a guy who is your you know who the writes national the, writer yeah but apparently and, and, just you know, this nation <laughs> yeah but then well and, and because it is all that we're focused on mm-hmm. Like I watched, I watched a good chunk of of Toronto Vancouver yesterday. Yeah. I obviously watched the entirety of Ottawa Montreal in the afternoon. Me too. Yeah. And I, and I probably watched fifty percent of of Calgary. Calgary Edmonton last night. Yeah. And so to me, that is, I I never would do that before, right? So to me, it's like all my hockey watching has now become yeah completely invested in this division in this country yeah there's there's two things at play there right one of them is this division that i'm in and so i want to keep track of it and all those games are i don't know like on a random wednesday if calgary's playing st louis i'm not watching that if they're playing the oilers i probably will right like yeah and now that's happening all the time every week and the other part of it is is not just my added interest in the canadian teams but like I got, I understood what was happening with Tampa because I played Tampa a bunch, right? So you would kind of get that storyline as Tampa's rolling through. Here's who's hurt. Here's who's lighting it up. You kind of get reminded what their lines look like right now, but you're just not seeing any of those teams unless you go out of your way to watch them. And I have a little bit earlier on, but now I'm kind of like, yeah, there's something better going on in the Canadian division that I care about more right now. So I don't know who's, I, I know since Pasternak has come back, he's been just tearing it apart. Really, Matt? Five goals in two games? Yeah, it's pretty good. Tearing it's it pretty good, eh? But that's it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I can look at the standings every day and kind of see what's happening, but I feel completely out of touch with 24 out of 31 teams. And honestly, I don't really miss them. I, I'm, <laughs> we're, we're doing fine up here. We'll see you in the conference finals, yeah. maybe. Right? <laughs> if, if, if you guys can make it there yeah, with sure. all of your your flame outs and your COVID cancellations. Yeah, um, well, that's a whole other. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a different podcast. <laughs> um, but it's 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 interesting, and and you get to see the beauty is the Canadian division. A, it's the Canadian division, mm-hmm. but it has like some of the best talent in the league is yep. all encased in this division. And so 
Well, some of the best forward talent and some of the worst defense, which is making this so much fun, right? Like it's chaos uh, every night. Yeah, yeah. S- says the guy who cheers for a team that's eight two and two or whatever it is. That's, yeah, we're that getting fat off way, that terrible yeah, defense, that make, man. That makes it way more fun <laughs> as opposed to the guy who cheers for the two nine and one team. Um, <laughs> but but for sure, and, and the fact that we now get to see. Uh, Connor McDavid all the time. Yeah, like to me, the the highlight of of him scoring that goal against the Leafs last week, mm-hmm. he looked like that kid in Adam Hockey who's like <laughs> good, and everybody else is like, I'm learning how to skate. Yes, and he's and he's zigging through, and and I don't just bring up the Leafs because no, it, that's who he did it to. It was incredible right. that goal. But but that is what. I, and then it's last like he night, dropped into Tim hockey and just. Well, this is, <laughs> this is it. And you're like in out in around and you're like hey can my kid touch the puck right but you look at and he didn't score on that goal last night against calgary where you're watching him and then it's almost like in mario karts when you get that little boost or whatever that (laughs) he's coming up the boards and then he's like there's two guys skating with him yeah and then it's and they're way behind him yeah and then he's passed and he's cutting into and you're like that is unbelievable what he's doing right and and driving to the net and And absolutely, that's not a that's not a goaltender interference penalty. That's a tri- that's a tripping call, man. Giordano sticks the stick out and hits him in the skate. You're like, what else am I going to do? All I got. Yeah, all right. I, I'm not going to give the guy a freebie, but you're like, you bulls your goalie over now too, man. Yeah. Anyways, there's just so much happening in this division that it's kind of like uh, I don't need to go anywhere else. Well, And I find the whole argument, and look, we know as soon as COVID's over, we're reverting back to normal. So this isn't a realistic thing. But the argument against keeping this division is so horribly disingenuous. When Gary says things like, well, we want to see all the stars in every building, right? In terms of Crosby coming to Montreal and McDavid going to Chicago and all these things. No one is suggesting that you stay exclusively in your division, but just that this becomes your... So you play these teams more often, and you would still play out a division like you always have, but to keep this as a division that keeps everybody engaged. There's more action across the country. Um, People are super engaged. People already just hating each other online, which is... Awesome. Yeah. Right? Hate like, makes hate makes great hockey. Already so sick of each other. We're three weeks in this thing. So to me, that's the thing when we have this conversation about whether or not this division is going to stay, which it isn't. But let's not pretend it means that we would just keep playing each other. It just means you would, you know, play each other more often as going back to the the normal schedule. So well, let, let me let me ask you something, Matt. Mm-hmm. How many times when NBC does its big Wednesday night game, how many times do you see Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers in one of their games? Or how many times do you see Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler and Connor Hellebuck, two of those three being American talents? Mm -hmm. How many times do you see those teams spotlighted in an NBC game of the week? Wait, let me count. Or a winter classic. No, no, zero. Yeah. Right? They don't care. What was it? A week and a half into the season, they did put – Leafs and Oilers as the NBC national game, and it was maybe the worst game of the season. Oh, McDavid yeah. and Matthews, neither of them did shit. It was an ugly ass game. And so they, I don't know if it was just a schedule quirk and they had to do it, or if it was, which is what I assume happened. But 
you know, did they give a, a shot to the two big superstars <laughs> north of the border? It was easily the most boring ass game the Leafs have played all year. I bet you Oilers fans would tell you the same thing. It was the first time they were facing off this season and we were expecting these fireworks. I don't even remember the score, but it stunk. <laughs> it, was it was awful. 3-2 or 3-1. Something like that. And that's the game where after it, Big Balls Dave Tippett rolls out and says, "Yes, all I ever hear yes. is everybody complaining that <laughs> Edmonton and Toronto can't play defense, and we do, and everybody's bitching. <laughs> Good for you, buddy. Could you do it in a more entertaining fashion? Because that was like watching paint it dry. It was awful. True, man. Um, I wanted to talk a little about the Canucks. Actually, before we do that, let's just hit on the Penguins here because it's it's just a short one. There, for we didn't really talk about it when um, Jim Rutherford parted ways with them, um, but there was some talk that things had kind of gone sideways a little bit, and that maybe. That maybe it was Latang he was looking to move when ownership stepped in, um, but just all of a sudden they didn't see eye to eye anymore, and it was time to go. So fair enough. The question I want to ask you about the Pens is not necessarily who's going to take over, but is this an attractive job for whether it be a new guy or an experienced guy? Maybe more for an experienced guy, but. This team, it might have another year or two where you could fire this up again and go deep and maybe take a shot with a move or two. But this team, when it goes down, is going to go down super hard. They've been trading away picks and prospects for years to keep it afloat. And I thought, you know, I'm not shying away from it. I thought at the time that was the right thing to do. Jim Rutherford had always said, as long as we have Crosby and Malkin, we're going for it. And I thought that was the right approach. But you are coming to that time that if it's over, it's going to be over hard. And I just wonder how many guys are willing to come in, stake their reputation to Crosby and Malkin on the the back end. Do you think this is an attractive job still? This is, well, okay, there's only 31 GM jobs yep. in the league. So yes, it's attractive. That's on the, that's on the surface, right? Yep. Yes, somebody will look for that. But like, you looked at Chris Drury stepped away. Scott Mellonby stepped away. And guys saying, uh, I don't want this to be my first GM job. They're not saying this. No. I haven't heard them say this. But to me, in the back of your mind, you have to be saying, I want a job like um, like an Ottawa job, sure. right? Where you're at in this rebuilding and you're trying to do this thing. Yeah, in theory, the hard part's over and you're ready or- to Come or on. you're tearing it down, yeah, whatever yeah. the deal is. But you were looking at tearing down a team now um, who twice now, pre-Lemieux, was looking at relocating maybe yeah. even to Saskatoon. Yes. You you look at pre-Crosby, pre-winning that draft. They're down around 10,000 people. That They're looking at possibly relocating to Kansas City. Like this is a team that, that doesn't yeah, doesn't have a huge minor hockey system. No. Um, when the times are good, the times are good. But the guy who comes in there now was either going to have to trade Crosby or Malkin. Yeah. Or he's going to have to, you know, do this slow grind into, into the grave. Mm-hmm. And and if you looked at it, they as long as they had Fleury, like they went into 
that I believe it's nine, ten, eight, nine. Whenever they they in Detroit sort of did that little dance. Two thousand eight was uh, Detroit won. Two thousand nine they won. So yeah, eight and nine, and then they sort of didn't go away, but no, they sort of went down a bit, rose a bit, and then they won two more cups. And yeah. Fleury was still there as long as you have competent goaltending, right? And and Mark Andre Fleury, sort of people were like, oh, is he done? Is he not done? And then he had a resurgence, mm-hmm. and Matt Murray came in, right? And you had this. As long as you have good goaltending, you got some studs up front, you got a chance. Yeah. Right? Right now, they've they've banked on Fleury's gone in the in, in the Vegas expansion. Murray is now gone. Um, they're left with Tristan Jari and yep. and and Casey DeSmith. And and those two guys aren't panning out. No. You got Cody Cece playing in your middle pairing, penalty killing. Like I can tell you that's not gonna work. Shit sliding and and things are not looking good there. And, and, and in five years, yeah, this team is going to be again looking at at relocating. It, it's it's it to me, it's a it's it's a shit show waiting to happen. And the guy who gets hired there doesn't want to. If you're Mellonby or Drury, you don't want to be scarred with this to go. I'm never going to get another job again, right? I'm gonna, unreasonable I'm gonna, as it I'm sounds. Gonna, I'm going to be Craig Button. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> unreasonable as it sounds. I'm the guy who ended the Crosby Malkin era. For well, sure. Yeah. That's been coming for years and years and years, but it's my name on that office door right now. So. And, and, and I only bring up Craig Button and, and him, you know, he spent a pile of time in scouting, right? Yeah. And he got that job in Calgary as, as the GM. Mm-hmm. The team is scuffling and, and they can't get their shit together. There was no traction and he's out. And, the, and then there's no more jobs, yeah. right? Those sort of like when do you think Pete Chiarelli is going to get another job again? Now I understand he was in Boston, yeah. but but he sort of scuffled around there. He he sort of had some good fortune early mm-hmm. on the backs of good drafting by the previous guy whose name totally escapes me. Um, but then he then he absolutely lit the dumpster on fire in in Edmonton <laughs> when you have all these all these top end picks and he's not responsible for all of them, but. Shit went sideways there, and, and I'll I'd be surprised if he ever gets a GM job again. John so to Ferguson me, Junior. Yeah, and so you still hear the he, name every now and then because somebody's doing him a favor. But that guy's not doing this again. Like no, and like I think he's is he in the Rangers organization or he's Bruins? I think. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's where he is. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it's the Bruins. Yeah. And 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 it, so to me, no young guy wants to come in with this as their first job no. because it will it will stain them forever. End of one of the uh, greatest periods in in franchise history, certainly. So, uh, yeah, I just wonder how attractive this job is. And I think you're right. I think you get a vet who's maybe maybe like a Dale Talon, one of those longtime guys who's just kind Jim of Jim Rutherford. <laughs> oh wait, just lost that guy. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Canucks a little bit because to me, man, this is something that I've been ranting about for a long time. And I didn't expect it would happen this fast, certainly after what they did in the bubble. Um, but they're terrible. They're terrible. Rob, Rob picked them to miss the playoffs yeah. in the North Division. Um, Rob also said they would miss the playoffs due to a lack of offense. Right. And and if you look at that top line and and if you can if you can and, and you can't, but if you can take those three games against the Senators. And you pluck those bad boys out, where Besser, Pedersen, and and JT Miller lit them up. Yeah, those guys have done jack shit. No, 
against the rest of the league, and it is scuffling. Well, the Habs just buried their boots in their ass for nine of Montreal's points are out of just Vancouver so far. Um, yeah. The Leafs are in the process right now of getting fat off of them. There's a few things to look at there, but I don't know how you fix this because, look, uh, I, you know I you, you, go ahead. You know how you fix it? Fire Benning. <laughs> Fire old shoe polish. Yeah. <laughs> you find somebody who's willing to take on, you know, Beagle. Oh, those Russell. teams. Line, Ottawa. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that's where I'm going. <laughs> We'll take Derek step on <laughs> if you're willing to take blah. <laughs> yeah, all this shit. Right, who are making combined, you know, uh, honestly. 16 million bucks this year between Roussel, Beagle, Sutter, and Erickson. Woo! $16 million. And the problem isn't just that they're making it this year. They're making it moving forward when you need to sign Hughes and Pedersen. And that's the part that I've been yelling about for two years now with Canucks fans screaming at me on Twitter that I'm not being fair, that, you know, we need that type of leadership. We need, you don't need to give it three or four years. You're blocking your, and that's why you couldn't bring back to Foley. You, the Tyler Myers, it turns out as he's ripping them (laughs) himself, the Tyler Myers deal wasn't a good deal. And you traded uh, look, say what you want about it, because Quinton Hughes is going to be a very good player for a very long time. I do believe it while he's struggling now. Right now, you traded away, or you let his safety blanket leave. His partner, Chris Tanev, you you needed to find a way to keep that around for a little while. And oh. the other one that I point out all the time, and I know I'm kind of trampling you here, but is, is Markstrom. And Canucks fans all year last year would go on record over and over and over saying he's a Vesna candidate. Best goalie in the league. We're nothing without him. Then he left and they all went, ah, it's fine. Thatcher Demko had a good seven periods in the bubble. Like we're good. He's, he wasn't that important and you're getting lit the hell up. It's a bad team right now with a bad mix. And I don't know how they're going to fix it because right now they, they don't even have room to lock up the guys they have without trading away not beagles and sutters, but parts that people will actually take from you is what's going to have to happen there. It's bad, man. Jim Benning has made a horrible mess and it's blown up way faster that I, I had them in my second tier of, I think I had two, tier, it was Ottawa or Ottawa, then Vancouver, Montreal and Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yes. And then Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton in the top tier. I didn't, expect Vancouver would be this bad. See, and the thing is, and, and you can hear people out there saying, Tanev, he's, he's, he's not that important. You know, you're making too big a deal, Matt, about mm-hmm. Tanev. I hear. And, and the reality is, you look at here in Ottawa, and you got Shabbat starting the, 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 you know, the first year of his eight times eight. Yeah. And not who's looking the, great, honestly, who's the, early. Who's the anchor he's playing with? Nobody. Oh, anchor right? is the right word. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so there, there is nobody. And they're, and they're saying, who is going to be Shabbat's Mark Mathot right. to Eric Carlson? Right. And you go, that is Tanev to Hughes. Yep. And you go, yeah, Tanev. You go, okay, uh, you know, sort of, he's that sort of four or five defenseman, but he's a steady Eddie. Yeah. And you put him next to a young guy who has these, 
these skills, but Hughes cannot perform at his right. optimum that's, without the safety net the that is the TANF. And if you don't have that, and it's now doing a fine job in Calgary, <laughs> you know, you're screwed. And, and Ottawa saying, hey, we'll take TANF or, or, or somebody of that ilk, yeah. right? You need that. And so... Yeah, they have they have put themselves in a in a horrible position, right? And I sent you that article, right? What's real and what's not, and it's and it's hard with only twelve. The are real. They suck. That is for real, man. <laughs> as, as, because it's it's like anything else, right? You look at the beginning of the season and you're saying, um, the, the preseason for for teams in the middle and the bottom are full of what ifs. Yeah, and and, and a bunch of stuff gets pitched at the wall. And we talked about it last week, and you, you go, Montreal's what ifs. You go, yeah, but Anderson had one goal last year, and can mm-hmm. Toffoli continue to do his thing? And yeah, another week of this, Montreal's going to make me say some things I don't want to say. Yeah, so Edmonton <laughs> and, and Jake Allen, and, and you go, so far, everything they've done, yeah. bam, it's sticking to the wall, mm-hmm. and, you're, and you're good to go. Ottawa, well-documented, we've talked about it, bam, everything slid to the floor, and you're – and it's the same in, in, in Vancouver where you go, yeah, okay, we're bringing in a former cup winner in Holpe and he's going to back up this, this young guy who was, you know, three games of rock solid hockey in, in, in Demko. Yeah. Um, but I've seen Demko shit the bed last year. Yeah. Right. And, and you go, that seems like a lot of faith you're putting in this guy. And I believe Holpe has started more games than Demko. I, I I don't have those numbers right in front of me. Did you see the intermission yesterday? I think it was. I, I, I did. Where um, Rudy was talking about his his water bottle thing. You oh, with me sorry. there? No, I I was thought, I thought you were talking about the. Uh, well, this the, is Holpe. The Holpe JT Miller thing. I no, this was so. Uh, I can't remember which intermission, but I think it was Kelly Rudy who brought up that. It's like this mental exercise that that Holtby has, and I've never really noticed it before. But after he gets scored on, he kind of turns around and squirts a bit of his water on the ice, and he just stares at one drop. It's like a refocus thing, right? Like just a mental, okay, that's gone. Just follow this one drop as it, whatever. And he was pointing out all the times that he's normally done it in the past, and this time... He's throwing his, he's giving her the, the, like the, the Dominic Hasek or the, whatever. <laughs> the yeah. Throwing his arms up and glaring at the bench and like things were off the rails. And I guess a lot of Canucks fans were like, well, get him out of there. Pull him. And you're like, well, to what? Throw your kid in there. <laughs> like throw Demko in. I know he's not a kid, but you know, you're kind of in there. He kind of came to be the backup. He's going to have to eat this for a while, but he was melting down in a way that he normally doesn't. And I do wonder, you know, as we kind of wind down on the Canucks part of this, do you believe that things are coming to a head out there and we may finally be approaching a point where there are changes, whether it be the coach, which to me won't be the right call, but I I do wonder they've gotten blown out twice now in Toronto. And the only reason I bring that part of it is that's where like it or not, that's where the spotlight is, right? It was on hockey night in the leaf game. You got ripped again. You got another one coming you know, the light shines just a little bit brighter. You hate losing to the Leafs that much more. Um, it's been a terrible start to begin with, but I wonder if this pushes it over the edge or if they're going to ride this out the rest of the season. No, no. And, and you're not you're not overstating the Leaf thing because it's not like the Leafs suck. Right. Right? It's not like you're going in and... No, we were loving Travis Green. Pointed out on Saturday, this is the... 
the fastest and the most skilled team we've seen so far this year. And they had seen every team in the division. And so there's a lot of, oh, you sweet talker. Love you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he could be an assistant coach to uh, Keith here in the Hey, that'd be fun. I'm future. good with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he he, he won't make because there's no way that like that that crowd out there, that fan base in Vancouver. Oh, yeah super cannibalistic right like they they are uh but it's not him that has to go like that's no of course it's not because they've talked about you know all the way through right how what a great developer of young talent he is and 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 through the western league and through the hl and you're like bam he's 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 a breath of fresh air and and he's a communicator he's like that bruce cassidy guy right sure he he knows how to deal with today's athlete and so Mm -hmm. yeah of course he's not the right but you know, every GM He's going first. Yeah. Every GM is looking around going, okay, you know what? I got, I got one bullet. Yeah. I got one bullet. And, <laughs> and we talked about it with Dubas, right? Mm-hmm. He, he had his bullet. He said, it's Babcock is fucking this up. Bam. Babcock is out and, and he's rolling and things are good. Right. But this team will ultimately be determined in the playoffs. Yep. Right. And so, yep. but we are talking about Benning now saying, all right, I, I still have that silver bullet that the, you know, well, he's been there like eight or nine years. How many coaches has he had? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, see, he made some bad choices. I'm trying to think oh, of he's made uh, some bad choices. <laughs> That's for yeah. sure. I don't even think, remember who the hell else has been out there, man. And but it, Benning's but been there were, since at least 2011. And, and this uh, crowd is no, that's not true. 2011 no, was their were, cup run year, so yeah, be a he, year he or wasn't two later. There, he wasn't yeah. there. Yeah, but if you look at things, things are going to go sour there, and yeah, you know, uh, we'll see what what kind of stomach the Aquilinis have for mm-hmm. you know continuing to to pay top dollar and and, and you know not make the playoffs. So it's it, and I firmly believe that that team will not make the playoffs. No, it sure looks that way. Like I, to me, I, I look at them and say, in this division, it's going to come down to if you can't get any goaltending in this division. Yeah, you you well, have zero. Been, I I sat here and I said for the first few weeks it's going to be sloppy as hell. Even I couldn't have said this. Like every everybody's top line are just killing it. Right, like everyone's on pace for a hundred points in fifty-six games, or whatever it might across the division, because the defense has been terrible. It's been sloppy as hell. Um, so whether you're whatever you know, you said the Leafs are nine two and one, or Montreal's way up there, but Winnipeg's lighting it up. Edmonton is sure as shit lighting it up. You're seeing, man, just ungodly numbers. That at the end of the day, I don't think when we start next season are going to mean very much, right? Like this whole year is just going to be weird and you're better off to just kind of put up with it. Like right now, Austin Matthews on pace for 51 and 56 and we're 10 games and you're like, "Mm, I don't think that's happening, but he is certainly on pace to do just something stupid, right? Like, I don't Uh, know what that number is, but 40 and 56 or something. You're like, man, as as you said, though, I I think, and we'll be interested to see, because I think, I think Montreal and Toronto have a, yeah, we're about to see each other back to back. Yeah. And so to me, I think that's going to be the, the proof will be in the pudding there, right? We'll now be 15 games in or so, sure. like right, yeah. right, right around that. And, and we'll see, we'll see who's who yeah. at, at, this, at this point. I think you are in terms of, of, you know, most teams have played around 12 games, except for, you know, your, your Dallas's who've, 
who had have a winning percentage of 800 because they're three and one or something. Yeah, uh, I was surprised, man. They're like five, two and one. Yeah. They've already played eight games, and, and well, you went buckle up, like. Yeah, no, I get it. Looks nuts for those teams who've missed games. Like, well, if you looked at the the NHL released their uh, yeah. the the East division, and they've got games rescheduled into April, like just. Yeah. 27 different games have been shuffled. The whole division is is sort of due to what's happening there with New Jersey and Buffalo and people pissed off because the Devils gave them COVID. And you just it's it, it's man, it's 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 super sketch, right? It's just sort of yeah, who knows what's gonna happen. But I think for Toronto and Montreal, you're gonna see now at this point, everyone's gonna have their legs under them. Yep, right. And and you're gonna see what happens. And where the where the uh, who the real deal is and who isn't. Uh, last thing I did want to get to before we get out of here was the uh, this note on um, on the Senators from headlines, which was that Ottawa was interested in moving Derek Stepan back south of the border. Um, his family, I guess, didn't come with him uh, to Ottawa. He's got three young kids, and obviously, any type of trip to see them involves a 14-day quarantine. So that, you know, he wasn't going to see them until May, essentially, is the way this was breaking down. Um, I, I go back and forth on this. I don't really have any beef with with Derek Stepan. It doesn't sound like he requested a trade as much as just kind of said, this is way harder than I thought. What I do sort of take umbrage with, and I'm going to let you pick pick apart the both sides of this, is they have essentially brought in and, and in many cases spent assets to bring in seven veteran players to protect the kids from the NHL and the pressure that goes with it. And almost all of them have played their way off the roster with, in spectacular fashion in some cases and have now been replaced with the kids that apparently needed protection. Um, we could quibble all day over whether coming out of camp, you know, you should have just thrown the kids to the wolves and let it happen. But, you know, for the most part now, those kids have taken over in Ottawa and have looked better. And I just don't believe that at camp, Josh Brown and whoever looked better than Eric Brandstrom, right? This was a philosophy thing. This was a, here's how we're going to do it. And now all those kids that had been pushed down have made their way back in because they've looked good either in practice or on the taxi squad or because the vets have made terrible decisions that have cost the team that you would be happy to live with out of a 21-year-old but not out of a 32-year-old. So there's kind of a lot there to unpack with the step-on thing. I know he hasn't been the biggest issue, but it does kind of stand out to me as one of these pieces that was brought in it hasn't really worked, and now maybe it's time to just cut your losses. I, I've kind of set up a few different tables there. Take the one you want, man. Well, I want to take them all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to start, though, with, with your main point, which is the step-on point. Um, and it's it's so confusing. It's it's really the whole idea that, yeah, you brought the, did, you brought this guy in for leadership. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, the more you hear the, you know, the red flags were already there, legs are gone. Um, but you're like, okay, but you can tolerate them. Good face off guy, you know, in around the 50%. Sure. Um, coming in, that was, this is, this is the handle, right? And you're like, 
yeah, okay. You know, you look at the, at the declining numbers in, in Arizona and you say, yeah, but everybody's got declining numbers in Arizona. <laughs> Taylor Hall. Ottawa, turn it around. <laughs> well, yeah, this is it, right? And so you sort of go, all right, we'll wait and we'll see. Um, but yeah, did, did you not know that his wife just gave birth? Right. Like in January, right. like for the third child and how hard that would be for you. They're staying in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And, and he said it on local radio. The climate is nice. It's 70 degrees here right now. The kids are out by the pool. Anything but Ottawa in February. Well, man, this is it, man. We just it's came cold to minus, shit. Yeah. minus 30 weather and you're living in a hotel room. Yeah. Like, so did you not know this when you made the trade? Right. So that's the first thing, right? And then you look at this week that just passed and the whole number swap, right? He was wearing 15 and now he's taken Logan Brown's 21 and Logan Brown is not on the roster. Yeah. I mean, but Logan he is Brown's a entitled to nothing at this point. And, uh, okay. For sure. But, but, but hear me out yeah. when it, when it comes down to, this is a guy who is still around, who was a number one pick, who is much talked about, who is people are people are are still calling for him for sure and so you go you you've been brought in as a leadership guy to help with the young guys and now you're saying hey you young much talked about guy in the minors fuck you i want your number (laughs) like 10 games into the season like what is happening here what kind of message does that send and then at the same time you now hear the the organization wants to flip you yeah (laughs) and well uh, what you're not going to ever get if you already oh no this is a loss on a on a second, you could you could never hope to get a second no, round pick no. for him now. And so, to me, well, it, but it, what is your read on that? I know you said now the organization wants to flip you. Do you think that's it, or do you think he has quietly said I'd prefer to go home, or just a mutual understanding? This hasn't worked. We'd all be better off if I. Yeah, I, I firmly believe that that he had he of all the guys hasn't been bad enough for the team to want to flip him. Right. I, I, I do, I do believe, desperate to get rid of that guy. That's not likely. Right. Has he, has he met the on ice mark? Like he hasn't even been great on face off. No. Has he, has he met the on ice mark? No, but he has not been a Coburn esque no. or Josh Brown esque. Right. He, he has not hit that. Uh, so, Cedric Paquette, yeah. like guys who are like to me, Cedric Paquette, to me, he has retained some value. I think you could yeah. probably yeah. still, still, still flip on a contender. Him for, I think that on a contender. Yep. But yep. that's a guy who has all the, all the makings of somebody who didn't want to come here. Sure, right. Starting to look that way. I whether it was a week or two ago, I, I remember saying here. I still think that guy will be fine. Here we are, two weeks later. He has not been fine. So whatever that looks like, whether he's wanting out and, or and so. Yeah, and I listened to his. I listened to his uh, when he first arrived, and he had to clear, you know, any kind of quarantine, and yeah. and he just, man, if that's your intro to the to the community, you are as low key as as as. <laughs> so he at that point, you're like, Oof, he doesn't sound super stoked to be here, right? And I get it. You won a cup, and now you're going to the team who finished thirtieth last year. Mm-hmm. So to me, this again comes down to Dorian. And your poor pro scouting, like it's, did you not have any idea of what was happening with Stepan in terms of, of his family situation and whatnot? So, so that is, 
that is the, that is one thing. We can, so to me, I'm I'm sort of disillusioned in that, and and it's more frittering away of of assets on the, on the yeah on the ha- on the behalf of of Dorian. You're right. Like yeah, okay, you got all these draft picks, but you can kind of goes back to the Graham Nichols theory, right? Maybe not the right guy to be re. Maybe the right guy to help you gather prospects, unload, tear down. Maybe not the I, right guy to. I build. am. I am 100% on that bandwagon with yeah. Graham Nichols, right? Yeah. That, that at this point, when you look at the track record of, of what Dorian's done on the pro scout side or on the giving of contracts yeah. to existing players, right? And you go, man, I'm not sure how many more of your mistakes can you bury, hide, trade, take on other mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Like these sorts of things before you fritter away and, and we'll see what happens with Murray. Right. But that's something now that you look and go, yeah, that's been a mixed bag so far. Well, last two games, if he can give me what he's given me in the last two games, yep. I'm happy with that. But if it's not, if, if it's not that whew, it's going to be a long four years and that's a big chunk of cap space. Yep. So to, to me and um, good listener and uh, a constant tweeter Moke. <laughs> yeah. He was he was the one who put out there on on, on Twitter. He said, with, with all the changes that DJ's making, right? You know the the white now inconsistently, and you're you know you wave Coburn and and Brown's been out of the lineup, and mm-hmm. now Brandstrom's in. And and Moke said, I'm not sure if if there's been a philosophy changed or if he's just been cyber bullied into making <laughs> these changes. I've seen the same type of tweet that said it looks like Sen's Twitter's running the thing right now, right? <laughs> well, and, and, and I, I send it back to him saying, I'm fine with either. Yeah. You, either you either make the philosophy change or you or you get cyber bullied <laughs> into doing what's right. Yeah. Cause because at this point, all you look at with you know, well, Lannon hopefully will come back in, but you bring in Zub, you bring in Brandstrom. Brandstrom looked all- great. Well, and to Gosh. me, Zub, is, yeah. Zub, Zub looks like he's, a, I'm going to make the simple play. Yep. I'm going to get the puck. I'm going to outlet it. Yep. We are, the number of times we're hemmed in our own zone have been decreased by about 50% because you got these dinosaurs, <laughs> these brontosauruses <laughs> that don't know what to do with the puck, right? Yeah. And so, and at that point, you, you got you got White in, Stutzler's doing his thing, and you just, it's a faster lineup. And at this point, I don't know what's happening, but they've been forced away from a, a very clear preseason mm-hmm. position. Yeah. And 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 I'm again I'm left with, and I was outraged earlier because you're telling me how great White was in camp and then he doesn't start because other people outperformed him. Well, which one is who, it? Yeah. The ones on waivers now, the ones who you're trading now, the ones who are yeah, and, and so down. to me. Don't say shit. Don't say shit. Just don't say anything. If you're gonna tell, if you're gonna open your mouth and you're gonna spew bullshit, I prefer to. If you didn't say anything, that should be printed on the inside of Dorian's fucking office wall. Don't say shit. Just quietly do your thing, man. For for sure. And and you know what? And somebody brought up an, an excellent point. And and to me, Ottawa continues to be victims of it. If you look at the the D'Angelo situation yeah. in, in in New York and how the GM and the president John Davidson they all came down and they all addressed it, but Davidson is the guy who's there. He's the point person on this. 
Here in Ottawa, we have a fumbling potato head as a GM, <laughs> right? And you have your coach talking all the time. He is the point person. Yeah. Where is where is your 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 Shanny or your Davidson or your your somebody who's going to come who's down and, this shit? and cool it, right? Just go. I'm running the show. This is what's happening. Bam. Yeah. And like you look at the D'Angelo happening. Like to me, they handled it perfectly. Oh, Ottawa oh continue. <laughs> well, okay, no, but, but I mean, in, in terms of the, in terms Some, of the there was a point person. Our message right here sucks. But here's the guy giving it. Like this is one guy giving our clear message, whether you agree with yeah, it yeah. or not. That's yeah, yeah. That's I think what you're suggesting. What I'm suggesting is, yeah, you gave this guy a two-year contract in the summertime for $9.6 million. That is not perfect. Right. You are now waiving that guy. You had all these issues. You handled that very poorly. Mm-hmm. I'm saying now that this pimple has formed a big white head on it, <laughs> you have Dr. Pimple Popper there, somebody ready to handle pimple this. Pimple Popper, right? MD. And, yeah, and so to me, you have somebody when shit goes sideways to come in and handle it. That's really all I was all Fair I was enough. saying yeah. was is there is somebody who can put that that you know damp blanket on the fire, whereas in Ottawa that shit just rages and your coach is left handling, you don't hear from the GM, you sure as shit don't want to hear from the owner. I think and they're so just t- waiting for Bell to fire the rest of the media that covers the team and they won't have a problem. Yeah. Well, and now and now that they're they're their most detested on-air radio guy, Ian Mendez, yeah. is no longer on He's here. unfettered. Yeah, well, and the thing is, you go, okay, we can't have any of our, you know, can't have our GM or can't have the coach on in the morning show because those guys say real shit. And you go, <laughs> and I can't have him on in the afternoon with Mendez because he asks real He's questions. Bush league, I hear. <laughs> and then you go, all right, man, we're, then now we're stuck with. CFRA. You know, yeah, well, this is good, right? Non-sports station. And and the owner comes in and, and speaks not to the sports station who covers your team, but to the all-news radio station. And so, Or maybe one in Toronto. Yeah, well, no, always. He's on weekly in Toronto. <laughs> but so to me, this this is it. They just continue to bungle things. And, and it does seem to be – I'm happy with the direction the team has gone. Those last Younger. two games against Montreal, they've looked like a much different team, especially yeah. on the defensive side. Yes, and and hopefully you'll get you'll get Willannon in, and yep. if you have to jettison Riley, trade him out. Yeah, uh, whatever you do, what you have to do, you go with Goodbranson, Zaitsev, and Zub on the right side for now. Yep, and you go with Shabbat, Willannon, and Branstrom on the on on the yep. left, and you and you roll it out. And so, yeah, whatever the reason that's brought you to this theory and this change of philosophy, the good Branstrom on the left, the bad Branson on the right. Well, they've they've taken to calling them together Good Branson, okay, or Good Branstrom. Good Branstrom yeah. is what they, not really yeah. that accurate. <laughs> no, well, and, and you know what? He he of the of the of the Good Branson, yeah. the the law firm of Good Branson, Brown and Coburn, <laughs> right? The one guy I'd like to keep is Good Branson of those of that threesome, right? Okay, Oof, that's yeah. an ugly three. Yeah, wow. But, but but good Branson is the SN one guy five late night. It yeah, gets a little exactly. blue. <laughs> so so there you go. And we'll see what happens as you move forward. But I, I think the left side's looking good. Zaitsev has been as good as you can possibly get. Yes. Right? For Zaitsev. Yes. So to me, Zub, Zaitsev, bam, bam, you got this. 
I saw uh, a great tweet yesterday that was put Zub and Zaitsev together on the top pair. Have your ZZ top pair. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, see, so you had you had Just Simmer saying all over. In yeah, <laughs> Sean Sean Simpson saying you got Shabbat, Willan, and Branstrom on the right side, and you got Zub Zaitsev and Zubranson on the other side. <laughs> okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, on that note, man. Let's wind this one down. I got got chicken wings to order. Got uh, got things. I to- also have chicken wings to order. Yeah. That's what's going to happen here too. It's a Super Bowl Sunday. Hope you all enjoy. Don't forget on Wednesday we will have coach of the Ottawa Red Blacks, Paul Lapolis, on the podcast. Lapo. We'll see if he's a, a craft beer guy. Hoff says he knows he's a, a red wine guy. We'll find out if he's a, a craft beer guy or not. Well, hey, and and as long as he can, as long as he knows. What kind of red wine he likes to drink? Yeah, well, that'll put him ahead on the Red Blacks uh, <laughs> guests of the past. So um, look forward to that one on Wednesday. Uh, Michaela will return on Friday morning to do her thing. And uh, I'm looking forward to what Michaela's drinking because it gives me a little, yeah, a little heads what, up on what's uh, coming for what you. I'm drinking on Saturday or Sunday. It's great stuff, man. Um, that's another episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this one. Enjoy the Super Bowl or, uh, I guess, retroactively hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. We'll see you all on Wednesday morning. See ya! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app. Pine.